you can turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. And this weekend, we're going to take a look at what happens when Philip ends up going to Samaria. The title of this weekend is simply this. What does a church on the move look like? Now, remember, the church is not a building. It's Christ followers who are fulfilling the purposes of God. You'll see this on the overhead. You understand that we're talking about you and I as followers of Christ going forward on the move, meeting the needs of people in our world. Now, Acts chapter 8, verse 1, just to kind of remember, Stephen was stoned to death, and all of a sudden, persecution started. Take a look at Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And Saul was there, giving approval to his death, Stephen's. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Now, the reason that happened is the church, the early church, understood the commandment that Jesus gave it. Take a look on the overhead, Acts 1.8. Jesus says this, but you will receive power, the Holy Spirit's power, when he comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, the witnesses to Jesus, in Jerusalem, where they were, in all Judea, and notice, and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Jesus' picture of the church on the move, I just read you. It started in Jerusalem, and it would spread out and spread out and spread out. As we go through the book of Acts, you'll see pretty soon that uh, Paul, who was Saul, changes, and now he takes it all over kind of the, the places in the world we know, and it's still, still on the move today. Now, Satan's goal was to use his, this persecution, his persecution on the church, to scatter young believers with no real experience to the different parts of Israel. He's thinking, okay, the apostles are staying. I, I, I know the apostles aren't going to leave because there's, two, there's like three to 10,000 people, believers. They're going to have to stay there. But I know the only people who are left are going to be people that don't hardly have any experience. They're new believers, and I'm sure they won't know how to share the gospel. So he was really excited. Now, we learned something last weekend, though, this biblical truth. What Satan meets means for bad, God turns to good. And today, this weekend, we will see the good that God promises from this persecution and the scattering of these young believers. Now, let me read to you out of Acts chapter 8, verse 4 in the New Living Translation. The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus everywhere they went. Go ahead, Satan. Take a laugh, but you didn't call it right. Everywhere they went, these new believers shared the good news about Jesus. So here's first thing for you to write. Christ followers, you and me, on the move, obey God's will. 
they left Jerusalem and they were doing God's will. Now, let me read you verse 5 in the New Living Translation. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and he told the people there about the Messiah. So here we go again, Satan. Sorry, two strikes. Philip was a Grecian Jew. And you remember he was a faithful deacon waiting on the tables. But now God was going to use him in much bigger ways. He didn't know that, but God knew it. Philip, you remember, was filled with the Holy Spirit, which would empower him to be bold and to share the good news about Jesus. Now, here's what we always have to think about. When you look at Philip and you look at pretty much the believers in those days, here's Satan. Here's a statement that Satan thinks is kind of nothing, but he's wrong. Philip, like all Christ followers, was an ordinary Christ follower. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor, wherever, somebody in your household where you can say this to him, and say it with a smile to him right now. I'm an ordinary Christ follower. Come on. I'm an ordinary Christ follower. You know, there's just a few people that are really, really special. That's because they have kind of different giftings that we do. But we're just ordinary Christians. We have a supernatural God, but we're ordinary Christians. Now, here's an interesting thing. Philip knew that the Jews and the Samaritans didn't like each other at all. But guess where God is sending him? To Samaria. But Philip ended up there for one reason. Number one, if you're filled with the Spirit, that enables a Christian to be led by the Spirit. Take a look on the overhead right here. Take a look. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. If you're not a believer, you won't be led by the Holy Spirit. But if you are a believer, you always have that guarantee from the Holy Spirit. He will lead us. Now, remember, he's God, so he knows exactly what he's doing. Now, who were these Samaritans? Let me give you a little quick history. The Samaritans were half Jew and half Gentile. The race, that race came about after the Assyrian captivity of the northern kingdom of Israel in 721 BC. Now, certain people didn't go back to Israel, but they stayed in that nation of Israel and they just stayed there, of, of the Assyrians, and stayed there. And what happened? They intermarried with the Assyrians, producing the Samaritans. The Jews and the Samaritans, from that day on, as it moved on, they absolutely had nothing to do with each other. They didn't care for each other. They just didn't want to be around them. Now, why did God send Philip to Samaria? Because of this. The people in Samaria needed help with two big problems. Now, I'm going to share those in a moment. But I have to say to you what God did since yesterday with me as he spoke to me. I, I saw an article 
here's the title of it. This was on Friday. Pandemic spikes prescriptions for depression, anxiety, and an insomnia. The article was written by a professor of psychiatry in one of the major colleges in the world. Obviously, since I've been a pharmacist for 30 years, I understand the benefits of medications for all kinds of problems, including mental health. But 10 days ago, as I was studying for this weekend, God spoke to me in the passage we're looking at. He spoke to me and he said this, focus on one word. One word. I didn't know exactly why, but you will see why. Because later, I'm going to show you one thing. One word that God gave me that's in our text will solve the problems. Now, there's nothing wrong with people getting a prescription for depression, anxiety, insomnia. That's fine. But realistically, I have nothing against that. But God has a solution as well. And when you see this, I think you will understand that that solution from God can stop your depression, your anxiety, and you can sleep really well. I'm serious. This is God speaking. I didn't know why he picked that word, but you're going to see it. Now, let's go back to the Samaritans. Why did God send Philip there? Well, they had two major problems. Two. The first one was the Samaritans had a doctrine that was terrible. It was absolutely all wrong. One of the things the Samaritans had done, and nobody understands why, they only, had, they only picked the first five books of the Bible. They didn't do anything else with the Old Testament, just the first five books at all. And then they had in their mental ability, were looking for a deliverer, which means that they knew they weren't right with God. They were looking for a deliverer, but they didn't believe in Jesus at all. Now, that's why God sent Philip there. Now, think about this. Jesus, remember one time he went to Samaria, and he went there to a woman at the well. And as he was there, he spoke to her. And the end result of all that, she was, he says, I, I can give you living water that will change your life forever. And she's thinking, well, 